Hi, and welcome to Training and Assessment Professional Development's podcast. Really super grateful that you're here. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you continue to tune in because we have a lot to offer. Training and Assessment Professional Development is about giving back to the community of trainers and those wanting to enter the industry to become a trainer assessor. Now, it doesn't matter if you're delivering short courses or even accredited training, we'll have something for you. I love to help trainers develop their skills to become leaders in their field. As I said before, we have a lot of content that will inspire you to grow and help you harness your niche. The world of vocational education training can be a minefield. Standards, legislation, and just when you think you've got a handle on it, something changes. Training package, qualification, industry regulations, Well, I'm here to help you demystify and show you some easy tips to stay ahead. Hi, I'm Donna Mould, your host. And as an entrepreneur, coach, trainer, mentor for over 15 years, I want to share with you some insights that helped me reach a level as a trainer that I never thought was really possible. As a former CEO of my own RTO, Registered Training Organisation, for over 12 years, I have a wealth of experience that I want to share with you. So strap yourself in, grab a pen and a notebook, and let's get started. The podcast today is about successful preparation, you know, and what does that mean? And when we're looking at delivering any type of training, any type of workshop, we need to think about what it's like to attend a program that's really well prepared, that you know went well, and the resources were great, the trainer was knowledgeable, all of those things. If you can reflect on a program, I guarantee you if it was a successful program that you attended, it was very well prepared. You know, so I would say about 80, if not 90% of the work is prior to the actual delivery. Because when you are preparing for a program, there is lots of aspects that you think about. You know, one of the aspects is, who's my target audience? Who's coming to the program? And when you see who's coming to the program, you will see that you're able to target your delivery much more succinctly, knowing what they do know to what they don't know. And when you can get an idea around your target audience, you then can make sure that within the program you're delivering, delivering, sorry, if you need um, some statistics, if you need some case studies, all of those things can be targeted appropriately. Now, an example of that is, If you're delivering a program and you need some statistics, you want to make sure your statistics are up to date, not backdated 15 years ago, because there'll be something more up to date. And of course, you can do your research, get those statistics from different places, and then you can just source check. So make sure that you are looking at where you're getting them from and if it's a credible source. Case studies are always really, really good to use in the sense that a case study gives people real scenarios. And we all know that adult learners learn by story and they learn by something they can relate to. So if you're using a case study from uh, the engineering field and you're delivering to the hospitality field, you're not going to hit the mark. 
So the preparation around those means that you're getting really good case studies that are usable and people are going to relate to. The other part about preparation is knowing your timing. How much time do I have? Is this a one day program? Is this a four hour program? Or is this a I've delivered five day straight programs? So having enough content and handouts and whatever else you might need is really important because you want to make sure that you're meeting all the learning styles. And so when you have things like PowerPoints, case studies, statistics, bring all of those kinds of things together, you'll find that you've got a more solid presentation to present and you'll have more interest, more engagement. And when you've got different learners in there, uh, the, you know, the auditory, the visual, the kinesthetic, you'll be able to hit the mark with all of those learners. So you want to make sure that your uh, handouts are very clear, not old and photocopied time and time again. You want to make sure that your PowerPoints are readable. So what type of room are you delivering in? And you want to test that. I've seen many, many times PowerPoints, the wrong colors, the wrong font sizes, uh, too much text is in there. You've copied and pasted some text that, that you want to read have those in your notes down the bottom. Don't have all of that information in your PowerPoint because people are actually distracted by that, trying to read the information instead of listening to you. So when you are testing what you're doing, again, part of the preparation is, does my PowerPoint work? Am I playing some YouTube clips that are, uh, you know, need good audio? Do I have good speakers? You know, there's plenty of portable speakers. I've got a really good set of Logitech speakers that just plug into a USB. And that changes the um, audio sound of your presentation as well. So the other thing is when you're playing a PowerPoint presentation, you don't want this to be death by PowerPoint. You want the PowerPoint presentation to be as engaging as possible, but it's a prompter. All right, you're not reading from the PowerPoint. You don't have your back to all your participants or your audience. You actually are using it as a prompter. And again, using uh, an electronic, I call it a clicker, um, a presenting tool, uh, you can make sure that you can click through that presentation and still move around the room a bit if, if the room allows that. And most rooms have a reasonable size that will allow you to move in a way that you're not putting your back to uh, everyone who's listening to you. And once you have your program set out and you know you've got your handouts, you know you've got the PowerPoint done, the sound is great, the visual is great, you have to make sure that you have a plan B. And the plan B is, what if my technology fails on the day? And if technology fails on the day, then you have to have a plan B so that your presentation can go ahead. A simple example of this is making sure that you have your PowerPoint printed out in notes form so that the slides are there and they've also got a section that they can write on. I actually just naturally do that for every presentation I'm delivering because that enables people to write notes next to the slides that they want to keep some key information. 
Um, if you have someone look over your presentation, that is always helpful because looking over your presentation means that they're going to pick up typos, uh, pick up where something could be written a little better. So that's always helpful because I don't know if you've ever seen this paragraph that you can read, but it shows how you can actually read paragraphs even if all of the letters in the middle are jumbled up, but the first two letters in the beginning and the end are in the right order. The brain allows you to read that. And it's really quite interesting because you could reread something. I do this all the time with a blog. I could reread the blog over and over again. And I actually don't pick up the typos because my brain is reading the words. So it's good to have someone else look over it who hasn't been reading it for, for days because they can pick up things that you haven't seen. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot of tips that we can have. But what's important is think about all the aspects of your presentation and think about the end in mind. Think about it as when I'm finished this, what did I want to achieve? What were the objectives of the presentation? And if you, as you're going through your run sheets, you go, am I going to achieve these objectives? Then you've done your preparation correctly. So again, if you're reading something and you've got to reread it again and again, it might not be written in a way that your audience is going to receive it. Also think about with your preparation, how you deliver. I know myself, when the more excited I get about a subject, the faster I read. So I have to be very conscious about slowing myself down. If I feel that excitement in, I have to use my emotional intelligence to hear the excitement in my own voice, then I will just take some breaths and I will just slow down. But also I have to be very engaged with my people because I can actually look at them and see if someone's getting the information or not getting the information. Now, sometimes in a group, a group setting, well, you'll have people who are very uh, aware of what you're delivering, have some background information prior to that, or have some experience in that. But then you'll have people who might be in your program who don't have any experience at all. So could there be additional things that you have for the people who are more inexperienced that they can take away and read? Because that may then impact the delivery more they may get I call it the penny drops or or they have a light bulb moment because they actually have additional information so I want you to think about your target learners or your target audience and will there be a combination and a huge variance between what some of them will know and some of them don't know because that should be considered in your preparation as well The other thing too is you can't assume people will have pen, paper, all of those kinds of things. So I always make sure in my preparation that I'm uh, pretty much prepared for any scenario. Someone uh, doesn't bring a notebook, I've got extra notebooks. They don't have pens, um, I've got extra pens. I actually pack pencils and highlighters because highlighters are really good for highlighting key points that they might want to come back to later. You also need to have uh, something for people to be able to, uh, if they can't ask questions during the presentation, 
Can they write those questions down for later? Now, there's a method people use, which is parking their questions for later. But uh, depending on what your program is, you might want it to be more interactive and therefore you want the questions asked. So you might have moments throughout your presentation where you stop and say, does anyone have any questions before we move on to the next section? So you want to incorporate those into your um, plan, into your session plan, into your outline, whatever you want to call it. And so once you have... um, Basically, you can mind map this uh, or you can put a timeline down as to where you're going to open up for questions and try and anticipate some of the questions that you might have to make sure that you've got the answers. Another thing that has always been really helpful is if you don't know the answer to something, be open about that and say, look, I really don't know the answer to the right, that right now, but can I come back to you? And people respect that more than you blundering your way through trying to come up with an answer because you feel a little embarrassed that you don't know. So don't ever feel embarrassed. Just be honest and say, look, I'm not sure about that, but can I come back to you? Can I get your details and I can give you a call or I can send you an email? Because once you've got the information, you'll then be able to follow that up with them. So look, I hope some of these key points are helpful when it comes to preparing for your presentation and I know that over on our membership site which is memberships.mantratraining.com.au uh, you'll be able to have a look at some of the resources that will be available and presentation we actually have a uh, couple of hours that we're doing a video and I think that's on around about the 28th of January so Uh, Keep an eye on the calendar, but if you go to the website, again, memberships.mantratraining.com.au, you'll actually see the events list where we're doing some of these videos, which are part of a membership, and you'll be able to access a whole range. There's, I think there's actually about 10 or 12 programs in there that we're going to be offering. So till next time, this is Donna Moles signing out of the Training and Assessment Professional Development uh, Podcast. Take care.